Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Go Beyond Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. In a few moments, I'll be joined by really the star of our show, Mr. Tony Rose, founding partner of Rose Snyder and Jacobs LLP, a full-service accounting and advisory firm. Uh, but first, for you, our audience, our listeners, our viewers, I want to give you a little bit of a synopsis as to what the show's all about going beyond numbers, and what you can expect from the show moving forward. Well, first and foremost, Rose Snyder and Jacobs is an accounting and advisory firm. Per they work with personally and privately held companies, publicly traded companies, private equity companies, and nonprofit organizations uh, to really round out the core of their practice areas. Now, the beauty of the situation is our star, Mr. Tony Rose himself, has almost three decades worth of experience in this space, working with clients across the private sector and the, and the public sector. So, we're going to tap into his wealth of knowledge, wealth of expertise to learn a lot about this space and also maybe some of these things that you might be able to start incorporating into your own business, your own company. So a lot of great information, a lot of great conversations to be had on this show moving forward. And I'm excited to get started with our first conversation today. So let's go ahead and bring Tony on. Tony, great to see you. Great to have you here. Ready to get things rolling here on the first episode. Great to see you, Ryan. Uh, thank you for being there and helping me with this. Yeah. Hey, this has been a long time coming. We're excited to launch the show here today. Uh, you know, fitting that we're sitting down, you know, the day after tax day, you know, if you will. Uh, so, Hey, you know, Tony, our first subject, you know, here of, of our inaugural episode is a good one. Uh, it's one that I know is near and dear to your heart. Uh, it's got a really, you know, it's a beefy topic that we've got a lot to unpack with today. Uh, and that's the idea of the human capitals. Uh, you know, there are five of them. They're, they're ones that, uh, you know, you really came up with this idea. You've explored it, unpacked it in so many different ways. And each one of these capitals has a really unique approach to how somebody should be looking at their own business, looking at themselves. So why don't we start right off the top with what are these five capitals? Could you care to enlighten us on that? Sure. And maybe what we should do is actually start with what capital is. I think many people yeah. are confused by that. When you think of terms that you hear from accountants and other financial advisors, you hear things like, assets, liability, equity, and capital. And it's really important to understand what capital is. Now, think about if you own a house. Your house is an asset. Let's say your house is worth $100,000. Now, you may have gotten a mortgage on that house. Let's say the mortgage is $50,000. So your asset is 100,000, that's the house. Your liability, your mortgage is 50,000 and your capital or equity is the difference between the two, 100,000 less 50,000. So your capital is 50,000. I call that something you own. Now, you do own an asset, you possess it, but you actually don't own it all. And what I wanted to talk about with my clients, the families and the businesses I work with is that any business, any family owns, has free and clear things more than money. So in our example, we talked about you having 50,000 capital or equity in your house. Every business has things that are absolutely different than money, even businesses that might be 
in the red, meaning in a lost position. They actually own other things that can be used to bring themselves out of that lost position. So I, I wanted to explore that topic, and I have been doing that for the last 20-some years. Well, hey, and you're no stranger to that topic, clearly, given those those two decades worth of experience. So, so capital, you know, it's it is it's quite a, a concept, you know, wrap your head around. But then you took a dive even further to identify, hey, there's actually five types of these capitals. Tell us what they are. So there's five things you want. First is money. That's obvious. But you also own four other things that I actually think creates the money. First, you own who you are, your human capital. Second, you own who you know. I call that social capital. Third thing is what you know, intellectual capital. And the fourth thing, and I think very, very under-examined, is something I call structural capital how you get things done. So those are the four capitals, social, human, intellectual, and structural. If you have all those things working for you, you're going to make money and you're going to be happy. If you don't have one or more of those things working for you, you're leaking like a boat that's leaking water. Sure. It, it, it makes sense. It's all a very well-rounded subject. I mean, it's who you are as a person, your traits, your characteristics, the things that make you, you, then you're, you know, uh, maybe not so your inner circle, but your social circle, the people that you know, the networking that you've done. I mean, let's be honest, how many times have you formed a business relationship, you know, because of a, you know, a, an outing, a social outing, you know, it could be a round of golf at the local links. It could be a, you know, a, a cup of coffee at your corner store and you met an individual or you, you shared a conversation conversation or the the good old fashioned referral. Hey, somebody that you already knew staked your, their reputation on you. They know, Hey, you know, Tony's a great guy. Love working with him. You should look into potentially working with him. These are that social elements. It's amazing how much, you know, that social capital comes into play with this. So, you know, it, it's really, it's kind of a, it's a thorough, but it's also a simple thought process, Tony, in that capital. Yes. It's what is valuable. It's what we hold and what we own, but it can be broken down into much more than that. So to take this idea a step further in looking at these different capital areas, why do you think it's important for today's CEOs, entrepreneurs, you know, even the small family business down on the end of the corner street? Why is this whole concept of these multiple capitals important? Why should they be thinking about this? Let me give you an example. Several years ago, I had a client who was in the real estate business. And that business got in trouble uh, during uh, the increase in interest rates. This was at way back there, back in the late 80s. This person found himself in debt, approximately $50 million in debt, with a lot of land that could potentially be worth a lot of money. But that person couldn't turn it into money so fast. Now, he was a very interesting and is a wonderful person. His parents brought him up to write thank you notes. <laughs> and what he would do every week, sometimes once a day, is he would take a communication 
from someone he knew. And he would either write on that communication a personal note or he would write a separate card and and have a personal greetings. I know that I would periodically get from this person a note saying, hope your family's doing well. I'm thinking about you. Yeah. And he would send it to that person. Now, he did this to hundreds and hundreds of people. Oh, that he takes some legwork. Himself, he finds himself $40 million upside down. And word got out. No one wanted to see this person fail because he had given, he had created almost a bank account of goodwill. No one wanted to see this person fail. So what happened? A friend of his knew a person who knew a person who knew a person who recommended a banker who happened to have a client that was looking for a joint venture partner in real property. They got together. That joint venture partner contributed not only $40 million, but $50 million into the project. That project became the most successful venture that new partner ever had. And for my client, he, re he gained in profits beyond a manageable amount of money. Mm. Now, did he do it because he had land? Yes. But what he, but really, when you think about it, he had created a social capital bank account that mm. created that breakthrough that he needed right. to get over the hump and go off to the stars. And that's, right. that's the power of just one of the capitals. Mm -hmm. I think we can find a story like that for every capital. And we'll talk about that as we get along in this interview and maybe future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting, you know, to just a relationship, a part of your social capital can change your life overnight like that. You know, in that instance, yes, he was, he was down and out, if you will, you know, on, on the, the back end, the, his last leg. And, and it was that final effort, you know, with, utilizing his social capital to be able to drastically flip his life. And like you just said, Tony, one capital, and there's many more at your disposal. So as long as you're focusing on them, uh, you know, pouring some time and effort into a acknowledging what they are and, you know, who falls into your social capital, who, you know, what falls into your human capital, who are you as a person, all of these different things. If you're spending the time to focus on them, acknowledge them, well, then you can harness them and you can use them to better your position in whatever facet of life you could use. So specifically, you know, uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, family business holder, owners should really be thinking about these elements because you never know which capital at the end of the day could drastically shift your business for better. Uh, you know, ultimately it made a massive difference for that individual. So, Hey, why can't it make a massive difference for you? Um, so Tony, I want to take a step back here. Uh, you know, this, the concept of these, these multiple capitals is super interesting. So I want to know, how'd you come up with this? Where was that spark of inspiration for you that made you dive into this, this thought process as a whole? Good, great question, right? I've always believed as an accountant, that it's not about preparing taxes or a financial statement or the numbers. I really believed 
that the reason why people existed in the world was for the pursuit of happiness, the American dream, right? I also understood that it could never be all about money if it's about the pursuit of happiness. And so I decided that it would be really interesting to measure, accountants measure things, to measure how do you quantify the pursuit of happiness? And I started reading and I started looking at different authors. And there's a particular author whose name is John Hughes, who writes about families and the way they perpetuate themselves and the way they realize their potential. And I, and I found that this also applied to businesses too. His book is called Keeping It in the Family. I believe he wrote it in the early 1990s and has updated it since. The, the, uh, he, he talks about something called a human capital balance sheet. Now, a balance sheet for an accountant is this statement that shows on one side assets mm -hmm. and then on another side liabilities and capital. They call it a balance sheet. Assets always equal your liabilities plus your capital. Mm -hmm. But I was wondering, how do you measure a human capital balance sheet? So I originally started out, how do you figure out what someone's human capital is? Yeah, One thing question. led to another, and I realized that human capital is not the only thing that needs to be measured that's not money. Mm. There were those other three elements that I came up with in my readings that required an analysis and maybe a measurement in a slightly different way. So that's how that's how I started doing it, and I've been trying to refine and think about that process ever since. You know, Tony, I love that that idea and that 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 point that you just made was, you know, yeah, the, the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of money are two very different things and you can only really focus on one of them at a time. And but it seems like your capitals are a great way to kind of um, cut right through that and find a way to focus on both of them at the same time by looking at each capital and how they can be applied to either your happiness or your level of wealth, your financial being. Am I correct in saying that? Well, I might suggest to you, Ryan, a, a slightly different take on it. Okay. I think it's all happening all at the same time. Ah. What ends up happening, I think, for businesses is they fail to focus. I call it having five eyes hmm. on the fence. You want to, you, you really, and I know that might sound confusing to you, but you need to understand when, when you're running a business or running a family or running a personal life, there's a lot of things happening at once. Now, many, I agree with you that many people think that spending money is the pursuit of happiness, but spending money is a means to pursue the enrichment of the other four capitals. Mm. Just like buying food is spending money, is the sustenance that keep your, keeps your human body functioning. Sometimes the wrong spending of money, buying the wrong kind of foods, can help destroy your body. Mm -hmm. uh, the the, the uh, spending of money in the pursuit of benefiting your relationships can have a positive effect or can have a negative effect. 
How many people do you know that use money as a weapon in their relationships? Now, that happens whether you're a family or whether you're a business. And any business owner should be mindful that in the pursuit of their happiness as a business person, as a business owner, that all these four elements kind of happen at the same time. And, and, uh, uh, but you, sometimes you can only focus on one thing at a time. Right. And that's why that's the, the book that I wrote, which is called five eyes on the fence, uh, discusses in a way to focus it. But as I've realized, since I wrote that book, everything's kind of happening at once. So the five eyes on the fence, obviously a great resource for those listening, watching right now uh, to go check out, uh, you know, it's deeper dives into everything that we're discussing right now in today's episode. But Tony, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, Hey, if I'm, if I'm that business owner, that's, you know, they're listening they're you're hearing this and you know, okay, human capital, social capital, structural capital, it all makes sense. I get it. But how do I know if I have them in my business? What would you say to that? Well, the answer is you do. You've got them. Whether you're paying attention to them or not, you've got them. Think about your relationships with your employees. Think about your relationships with your vendors. Think about the way you fulfill a request from your customer. What is the definition of a customer? A customer is the person that you're offering the value that you believe you deliver in your business. You've got them. Now, many, many business people trip into managing their capitals or mismanaging their capitals. And what we try to do uh, with the writing of the book, which we in, in the which we're in the process of actually even rewriting, with the new things that I've learned since I originally wrote that book, uh, I, I think it's so important for everyone to say, okay, I'm going to try to spend a minute thinking about each of the capitals in the way I've explained it in the book. Again, this interview, we're not going to be able to get into all of it, but. But uh, businesses are going to find themselves manipulating these capitals, even if they're doing it unconsciously. That's interesting, the way you put that. So my, my thought is, yes, as a business owner, you've got them. You got to look inward. You got to find them and you got to identify them because as you had mentioned earlier, they're all happening at once. So if you can acknowledge how they're all happening at once, acknowledge what they are, you're only going to set yourself up for a better circumstance moving forward, whether that be the chase of, of more, you know, more capital, more financial capital that is, uh, or, or, you know, expansion of your business or, or, uh, you know, a betterment of your personal life. Each one of these capitals, you know, find their way to work together. Uh, it's just a matter of acknowledging them, figuring out what they are and how to fine tune them. So that being said, Okay, I'm that small business owner. I figured out what my capitals are. So Tony, how do I measure them? How do you measure each one of these capitals? I've developed ways of measuring those capitals that, for example, I think of human capital in uh, three or four different dimensions. Number one, I think of a person's value set and we could spend a whole hour talking about values. We won't do that right now. 
I think in terms of a person's intelligences, what they're good at. Uh, there is a psychologist by the name of Howard Gardner that, ha that has done work for 40 years on measuring everyone's unique intelligence. We tend to value people with uh, verbal intelligence or mathematical intelligence. But when you think about architects, they might have spatial intelligence. And there are nine intelligences that Howard Gardner identified. So that's the second measure. The third measure has to do with instinct. And I have been a keen fan of a woman whose name is Kathy Colby, who developed something called the Colby system. And the Colby system measures instinct. Instinct is how you look when you go about getting things done, when you're free to do them the way that you would naturally do them. And she's created a process that we use in our office with everybody in our office to help understand the way they most comfortably get tasks accomplished. Finally, uh, there's rather new uh, information that I've been able to understand that comes from a really interesting talk that Simon Sinek gave in a TED talk, which I think is called the Golden Circle, which talks about why, start with the why. And, and there is a psychologist by the name of Gary Sanchez that has created a, a company called the Why Institute that actually measures people's why. So you have your values, you have your intelligence, you have your instinct, mm -hmm. and then you have your why. And those are four ways to measure your human capital. And we can go into each of those separately, but again, we'll run out of time today. Right, right. Well, and we're, we're going to explore those in future episodes of Go Beyond Numbers. There's no doubt about that. There's so much to unpack with each one of this, but I appreciate the overview on the understanding of how there it's, this isn't just abstract thought that we're talking about. These can be measured. These, these very pivotal capital parts of your life can be measured and fine-tuned to only be better. Uh, so I'm excited to unpack that with you, Tony, in future episodes, which we will get to. Uh, but this, you know, one of my final questions, and I know this is going to unpack, you know, or end up leading into a little further discussion, and hey, I'm here for it, uh, is, is given what, you know, the current climate of today, I mean, I think if there was one word to sum up the last year of our lives, I think uncertainty might be it. Given the COVID pandemic, uh, the uncertainty surrounding the 2020 presidential presidential election, uh, now the vaccine rollout, what that's going to do so much uncertainty in our lives, given all this uncertainty, there's been a lot of uncertainty when it comes to social interactions. One of the biggest capitals that we've been talking about today, that social capital, you know, it's about your relationships. It's about those experiences with people that can lead you to that rags to riches story that you had mentioned earlier. So talk to me a little bit about social capital and how that plays a role in these, these remote working times that we're seeing today where, Hey, every last meeting you've attended probably in the last year was on zoom and your, your means of primary social communication is through a device or through a computer screen. So talk to me a little bit about how that plays a, a factor into the social capital aspect. Sure. Certainly. Um, I had a conversation yesterday with my personal coach, whose name is Michelle DeAngelis. She's a very smart woman. She talked about 
the fact that normal is like a phantom limb. A phantom limb. It is something that you think is there that probably does not exist. You think it hurts even though it's not there. And that you want it to be, but it never will come again. And I think the last year has seen such terrific changes that what we think was normal, which maybe never was normal, is never going to be normal. And we're going to be looking for a new kind of equilibrium. Now, the fact that things are not the way they were doesn't mean there cannot be an equilibrium in the way we operate ourselves, our families, and our businesses. But it's going to be new. In our practice, we realize that we may never have 60 people in this office again. We have people that have moved to the Midwest, to the East Coast, that are working remotely. We use this medium, the camera, and our microphones to have a relationship. So it is going to be a difference in relationship. Now, will the power of a written thank you note like my friend had ever go away? No. No, absolutely not. But the, the new currency is going to be relationship. One thing I wanted to add is that a business owner is not alone. They need to determine those people to collaborate with to help support them. That's going to be great consultants. Mm -hmm. That's going to be great employees. That's going to be great vendor relationships. That's going to be great customer relationships. And being mindful that all those may be have may may have to be treated a bit differently, but it's all about collaboration and relationships. So in my mind, the new money is going to be collaboration. I love That's that. That's thing. So for the next year, I'm going to recommend that people touch in writing, in video. As soon as you take off your mask, give someone a hug if that's appropriate and you feel comfortable. I've just begin I've just begun again to business travel. And uh, it was very weird the first time. And I happened to have landed in Arizona the very first day where there was no masks required. Mm. I'd say like about 50%, I, I would say that 50% of the people were continuing to wear masks, 50% sure. weren't. I felt naughty. I felt naughty. <laughs> I felt different. Yeah. But I was very glad that we're in a process of evolving. And I think all of us are going to be okay. All of us will sure. be okay. Sure. You know, it really is an interesting social dynamic. And I love that you started this thought off with the term normal because – what is normal at this point? We've seen so much change over the last year with, 
you know, how to communicate with people. I mean, let alone communicate with family members. I mean, Tony, in my own instance, I have, I have older parents that are more, you know, more susceptible to the COVID-19 virus. So navigating that relationship and times to see them and times to communicate with them. Now, you know, you're taking a step back and you're thinking twice about, wait a second, is this safe to do so to see my parents? You know, these are these interesting social dynamics that we've been thrown at that we have never really in our generations thought would be, would be a thing. And here we are, we've had to adapt. And I think rather than thinking about the term, when are we going to get back to the new normal or, or, or not the new normal, but when are we going to get back to normal? I think now it's more of a focus of kind of what you were getting towards is, is the idea of adapting to that new normal. What is our new normal going to look like? How do we shape that to still preserve one of the most important parts of our capitals, that social capital? So I love that you use the term normal because I, I, th I totally agree with you. I think that is a, uh, an abstract term or a phantom limb, if you will. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to suggest something to everyone who might be watching this. At that Arizona meeting, that first meeting, business meeting I went to, uh, I was with a mastermind group with a communication specialist whose name was Michael Burnoff. And I think we spent four or five hours talking about the term, I got this. I got this. Now, there's an old, there's an old saying about entrepreneurs. An entrepreneur is someone that jumps off a cliff and then builds a parachute to put on himself on the way down. Entrepreneurs know that they've got this. It doesn't guarantee success, but that phrase, phrase I got this, is really important for all of us. When you think about obstacles in all of your lives, especially with this pandemic and the rollout, is it a boulder in front of you or is it a pebble in your shoe? I'd like to think for us, it's a pebble in our shoe. Uncomfortable, probably should take it out and take care of it, but it's not gonna stop me from getting to where I wanna go. So I would hope that as I'm assuming we're getting ready to wrap this thing up, if we wrap it up, I would say the byword would be, I got this for everyone that's listening to this. I love that. Absolutely love that expression of a boulder versus a pebble. Yeah, one that one that I think uh, many of us can probably uh, take a step back and think about on our daily basis, uh, you know, uh, with whether no matter the size of the issue that's that's facing you. Well, hey, Tony, look, I really appreciate your time today that, you know, unpacking the idea of these different capitals. Uh, we're going to certainly dive into each capital in depth in future episodes, but it was nice to get an, you know, an overview, if you will, of the different capitals, how they can pertain to your life, you know, just as an individual or as a CEO or a small business owner, because each one of us has these capitals. Each one of us needs to know how to make measure them because if we can measure them and we can fine tune them, they're only going to benefit our lives. So I thank, thank you for sharing this mindset with us today. And uh, I'm excited for the future conversations to come. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan, a lot. Well, and hey, we thank you, our viewers, our audience, for tuning in to the inaugural episode, really, of Go Beyond Numbers. Uh, if, you're, if you enjoyed what you saw today, feel free to tune back in for future content, future episodes, and future conversations with Tony. Like I said, we've got almost three decades worth of experience we're jumping into in this space, and we're going to be touching a lot of different concepts over future episodes. So for Tony Rose, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long, and we'll see you on the next edition of Go Beyond Numbers.